A lot in baseball has changed since the 8th of July. Trust me, you're going to understand what we're talking about. Since the 8th of July, the fates of several teams have gone up in smoke or caught on fire. This is Locked On MLB. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover that we do every single week. This is the show where we bring the minds of Locked On MLB and Locked On Diamondbacks. We morph them. We Voltron them into one beautiful mind of baseball to talk about the events of the day. I am your co-host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Thank you so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen. Or maybe your first listen is Locked On Diamondbacks, who's hosted Mm. by this guy right over here. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, I would want to say, you know, just follow me on Twitter, my personal account, at CreatorThomas24. Could always use more followers on there. Could use more followers for the show account. Look up Lockdown Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram. And, hey, also hit that follow button on YouTube, Lockdown Dimebacks, as well. And, of course, we're on all your podcasting platforms. And if you want more followers, make sure to say your name. And your name is? Miller Thomas, baby. That's right. That's why you don't have all the followers. People are yeah. going to the search engine. Where is the Lockdown Diamondbacks hunk? And you can't yeah, find him. Yeah. You what can you do? Him. Yeah. But anyway, what we're doing, thanks so much for making us your first listen. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully, but Sully Baseball and Pod. Uh, Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, so uh, yesterday I dropped an episode. I gave you all a little, uh, a little fun Sunday bonus there. Mm-hmm. We talked about Winton Bernard, the feel good story of Winton Bernard who was the Colorado Rockies outfielder who made his debut at age 31 and had a FaceTime message that made you cry like you were watching 15 Hallmark movies simultaneously. If you want to feel good about that, check your podcast feed. That dropped on Sunday. It's probably there Monday morning. So let's have the feel-bad story of the weekend. Mm. One of the biggest stars in baseball who's been injured and is looking to make a comeback for a playoff-bound team. Not so fast, Fernando Tatis Jr., last year's National League leader in home runs, one of the most fun stars in baseball, suspended for the P, the E, and the D's. Thoughts, Miller Thomas. Yeah, let's change his name from Fernando to Fraud Nando because he's oh. now on my steroid shit list, Sully. Okay, I'm not going oh, that far. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> to get an explicit rating. Yeah, we won't go that far, but it is. Uh, it does suck for the Padres. I mean, if you're a Padres fan, you're just like, whenever it feels like we're building towards something, whenever we got a little bit of momentum as a team, we just traded for Juan Soto. We got a couple of all-star level players at the deadline. We got Josh Hader. We are working our way to a potential championship run. All we need is our final piece, our superstar, Fernando Tatis Jr., to be inserted into our lineup. And then we're taking off. We're making our run and... What happens? Fernando Tatis gets caught with a little PEDs. Apparently, he's trying to treat a little ringworm. I don't know what situation Tatis got going on over there, but he took something he shouldn't have. And now, not only are we not going to see him for this season because of the injuries and now the suspension, but we're not going to see him for like the first 40 games of next year. So just an unfortunate situation all around for Padres fans. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, look, at every time a Padre fan thinks things are starting to go their way, they get a proverbial kick to the groin. Um, look at San Diego is still right now one of the playoff teams. 
Uh, they obviously they won the Juan Soto uh, uh, sweepstakes and the Josh Hader sweepstakes. We forget that yeah. they arranged you know, to pull that one off too. I don't think anyone uh, knew those were sweepstakes. I think that was. I know game. that was. Uh, they won the Bob Melvin sweepstakes. No one knew he was up for grabs. <clears throat> you know, I mean, like they they're a star-studded team, and they're probably going to make the playoffs. But I got to stress probably because the you know the the National League wild card has some teams that are on you know that are are on the periphery right now and look at right now as of this recording um the Braves are the top wild card team as of this recording the Padres are only a half game ahead of Philadelphia for the second wild card and they're real they're only one they're actually tied in the loss column with Milwaukee who is chasing St. Louis for the National League Central. But there is a real scenario that if San Diego has a slump, that Philadelphia, who may be getting Bryce Harper back pretty soon and have been playing great baseball recently, um, granted they've been beating up on some bad teams, but still that's one of the things you have to do. You have to beat the bottom feeders. Remember the, the Phillies go off to that rotten start that cost Joe Girardi his job. There is a scenario where the Padres could once again nosedive and miss the playoffs. The Brewers have good pitching. St. Louis is a good team. Philadelphia is a good team. There is, and they are not so, they're tied in the loss column with Milwaukee, and and Philadelphia is actually one game less than them in the loss column. So the scenario that has the Padres having their second annual crash and burn nosedive out of the playoffs is sitting there and it's going to show a great amount of resolve from this club to see do they keep winning with this terrible piece of news that you know don't don't have it hamstring them yeah that's what makes the situation so frustrating but it's not like an outlandish take to say what if the Padres just nosedive out of the postseason race because we saw this just last season in the second half where a very good first half Padres team just nosedive in the second half and then they miss the postseason entirely that could definitely happen again this season but if you believe the Padres were maybe a championship World Series contender before the trade deadline then I don't think this news should really affect your expectations for the Padres the rest of the season because they did get better at the deadline whether Tatis is there or not if you thought this was a World Series team before the deadline just missing Tatis well after the deadline they still don't got Tatis but they added Soto's the haters the juries the Josh Bell so if you like this Padres team before the deadline I don't think this news should really change your opinion of this team too much because they got so much better after this deadline I really think if this Padres team was to not make the postseason I don't think it would be because the Padres nosedive or anything like that I think it would be because of the other teams you mentioned the Brewers the the Phillies one of those teams getting hot like if you said, like what you just mentioned, if they the, the Phillies got Bryce Harper back and then they went on some sort of run, I think that would be more likely for the Padres to not make the postseason. Another team getting hot as opposed to the Padres getting cold. The Padres are on pace to win 90 games. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's where they are at right now. So um, they'll be right there. Yeah. Uh, and then, and they're, they're playing roughly, as, as I said, roughly as well as St. Lou and as Milwaukee and as Philadelphia. Uh, the fact that St. Louis m- made some really good trade deadline moves, kind of under the radar moves, how we all talked at nauseam about how last year's biggest moves weren't the most heralded moves, but it was the Solaires and the Rosarios and the Petersons. Well, it looks like the, the acquisitions of Montgomery and Quintana 
has given St. Louis a really solid uh, pair of starting pitchers to go with what is already a pretty good pitching staff. And we saw Adam Wainwright is ageless through nine innings the other day in a losing cause, but to Milwaukee, um, it's, it's going to be interesting for San Diego. Now we're, this is being dropped on uh, this. This episode is being dropped on Monday. The Padres are indeed idle on Monday, so they don't play again till tomorrow. And I got to check. Actually, I got to check the schedule to see who the heck they're playing. But uh, on they're playing the Marlins, who uh, just got swept by Atlanta. But one thing about the Marlins is they're not a great team, but they have very good pitching. Yeah, and when you have a team where it has the the you know the Cy Young front runner. And they have going on Tuesday uh, Cabrera, who pitched a wonderful game his last game. Uh, Manaya is pitching for San Diego, and Manaya has been up and down. He's sometimes he's looked like the great pitcher he was in Oakland, and sometimes he's he's stubbed his toe. Um, they really better hope that the the offense has gelled because they're going to go to Miami and play. You know, face some decent arms, and they. You know, this is this is not a drill for them. They have to play well against these teams, and they have to beat the teams they're supposed to because they can't afford a single slip up. Yeah, and the Marlins are not going to be any easy task, like you just mentioned, because that pitching staff is going to be nasty. And right now, the Marlins are just kind of playing around with their roster, calling up and sending down a lot of dudes. So they're going to be trying some younger talent, most likely against the Padres team that might not be, um, you know, someone that's normally in their lineup. And this Padres team, like when they first you know, got together after the trade deadline. It took the offense a little bit of time to coalesce and just, you know, start to gel together. And recently, you know, over the last four or five games, this offense has been pretty explosive for the Padres. They've gotten really good recently against the Giants team. They put some um, seven-plus run games together. They had 10 runs against the Nationals. Like, those aren't great teams, but at least we're seeing this Padres team, this offense starting to form together um, as – as they start to play together more. So I think this Marlins matchup will be tough, but I do like this Padres team still going forward. I think as they play more together, they're only going to get better. The Tatis news sucks, but I just think this team is too good and too talented with what they did at the deadline. Like I would still be pretty surprised overall that this Padres team didn't make the postseason because I still like their chances of even making the World Series, even with teams like the Dodgers and Mets in the National League. Yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing anyone other than Dodgers or the Mets going in. But then again, last year I didn't think someone other than the Giants or the Dodgers were going to make the World Series either last year. So we can always be surprised. Yeah, if you get to yeah, if you get to 90 wins as the Padres and you make the postseason, like it doesn't care how what it looks like when you get there. Once you're in the postseason, anyone could win the dance. Yeah, I mean, they're still a long shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the surefire bet would be the Mets and the Dodgers. And if you're looking for surefire bets, Head on over to betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the combat sports. No, wait, there's no the there. Esports, no the there either, even the golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. The top of the show, I teased 
a date. The mm-hmm. date that I teased, pop quiz, what was the date that I teased? I want to say July 8th. July 8th would be correct. Because a lot <sighs> of things have happened since July 8th. Um, at that time, the New York Yankees were not just the best team in baseball. It was insane how good they were. They were 61 and 23. They were nearly 40 games above 500. They were on pace to win something like 118 games. You know, like Houston was on pace to win 100 some odd games, and they were five and a half back of the Yankees at that point. The Minnesota Twins had the third best record in the American League, and the Cleveland Guardians almost said it. And mm-hmm. the Baltimore Indians, no, the Orioles, were both sub-500 oh. sub, sub 500 teams at that point. Now, since then, the New York Yankees have, you know, it's we're talking at this point about nearly a 30-game sample size, okay? And actually, for the Yankees, it's more than a 30-game sample size. So that's a month sample size. It's not like a bad week. Any team can have a bad week. The 1998 Yankees, the most complete team I ever saw in my life, had a couple of bad weeks, okay? This is a month, and the only three teams in baseball who have had a worse 30-some-odd games since the 8th of July have been the Detroit Tigers, who aren't even trying. Fire the Miami Mar- Yeah, the Miami Marlins, who sometimes play two lineups a game and the Washington nationals who are a minor league team. That's the level of play that the Yankees have been doing since this. Now, what, now what are the reasons now? Of course, someone pointed out they've only won two games since trading Joey Gallo was Joey Gallo, the glue. No, of course not. Uh, They've, Lost Michael King to injury. Michael King mm-hmm. was a big part of that bullpen. And you He's take a look at that bullpen now. Uh, you know, Clay Holmes, the first half of the, the season looked like Mariano Rivera, Raleigh Fingers, and Rich Gossage rolled into one. Guess what? He's coming back down to earth. And their bullpen has not been good. And, in fact, in the series against the Red Sox, the Red Sox of all teams took two out of three from the Yankees. They nearly swept them. Yeah. If te- you know, I mean, if they, they had two on and one out in the ninth, you know, and and they weren't able to use homes, you know, if they had gotten a ball into the gap, they could have scored those two runs. This would have been a sweep. And as it was, it's still taking two out of three. The Yankees have lost series after series since having – since being at that point and on the uh, – the 8th of July, that they have just been, I mean, look at it. I'll go to baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, and we'll take a look. They just lost the series to Boston, and Boston's not good this year, okay? They lost the series to Seattle, mm-hmm. who's a good team. They lost that. They got swept by St. Louis. Okay, they're a good team. They lost two out of three to Seattle uh, at the beginning of August. They haven't won a series this month. We're halfway through this month. They have not won a series this month. That's tough to do. 
if you're a team that, you know, it's tough to call this disastrous because they're still in first place. There's no way they're not going to win the division. And they're still on pace to win 101 games, which if I surveyed 1 million Yankee fans at the beginning of the year said, would you be happy with a 101 win season? I would get a million yeses. So it's not like this has devastated the team, but there is no way anyone could look at this Yankee team and think that they are the front runners in the playoffs. And if you are a team like another team that has a significance since July 8th, the Cleveland Guardians, with the potential to play the Yankees in the postseason, I would be salivating. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the Yankees haven't looked pretty recently. And right now, I'm sure if you're a Yankees fan, like every pretty much all our conversations at the deadline were like, man, if the Yankees go 500 the second half of the season, can they still win 130 games or whatever they were on pace for if they win 500 the rest of the season? Like you could just throw those numbers out because basically it's like if the Yankees are a below 500 team the rest of the year, what is their record going to be? Because right now, the second half of the season, the Yankees look like one of the worst teams in baseball. You said it since July 8th. This Yankees team is not good. This Yankees team is worse than my Diamondbacks team because the D-backs have won a lot of series since this All-Star break. They're actually on fire right now. But let's get back on the Yankees because if you're the Astros right now, you got to feel like the king of the American League because heading into the second half of the season, this Astro team has taken off. Their pitching is looking great. They acquired some bats at the deadline, and this team is looking really good. The Yankees, meanwhile, have gone the opposite direction. And I think one big reason why they're not playing as well because you look at their offense, specifically, specifically over the last 10 games, I think they've only scored more than three runs twice in their last 10 games and I have to feel like missing a guy like Giancarlo Stan has to matter for that Yankees team because he's been pretty good so far this season for that Yankees team but even outside of him like the pitching just hasn't been the same since the all-star break guys like Garrett Cole and the Hermans and the Tyones like their pitching hasn't been great since the all-star break in terms of run prevention the offense also hasn't been great like I feel like when you look at the Yankees game log post all-star break the days where their offense is good their pitching isn't good and then the days the pitching is good their offense isn't showing up so right now this Yankees team is just not playing together when you look at all three levels. It's not what you want to see in the second half of the season. Going to the, into the postseason, you want to feel confident. That's when you want your team to get hot, kind of like the Red Sox last year. They were really hot entering the postseason, and they were able to keep it going with that offense, um, really uh, blowing out teams early in the postseason. For this Yankees team, you don't want to feel like you used all your gas in the first half. Aaron Judge's MVP season, like he's still playing like an MVP in the second half, but overall as a team, you don't want to feel like you used all the gas in the first half. Like when you look at guys like Garrett Cole, the last couple years, he's been a better first half player than second half player. So if you're a Yankees fan, you got to feel nervous heading into the postseason. I don't think the Guardians are a team that will make you nervous, but if I have to face the Astros at some point in the postseason, if I'm a Yankees fan, yeah, I'm terrified of that matchup. Well, I'm going to get to the Guardians in the third section here. But when you, okay. one thing that I will say that, and one thing I really agree with you is that there have been times where the Yankees' bats have been really great. But the pitching has not been terrific. Uh, I think, actually, if you saw the pitching of the Red Sox series, it was pretty good yeah, from the Yankees. Tyone pitched pretty well. Herman pitched pretty well. Heck, even uh, um, uh, Montas, who was terrible his first game, uh, pitched well in, in Boston. Uh, oddly, it's been their bullpen. And their bullpen the first half of the season was, was dominant. The and, best. And now... You know, as I said, you know, Holmes had a spectacular first half. They're figuring them out. And they, you know, and, and they haven't got the timely hit. I really think removing Stanton, lest we forget 
how great Stanton was down the stretch last year. And in fact, mm-hmm. he was the one who really showed up in, in the, the uh, in the wild card. He nearly hit three mm-hmm. home runs that game. Yeah, he was and, a beast. And if you had him and you had Judge, this would be. I mean, they would still be on pace to win a hundred. So what, 108 games? I mean, they're still gonna. They're still on pace to win 100 some like games. It's tough to talk about like it's a disaster, but I'm just that front runner element is gone from them. When you take a look at the Astros and give like, can we all give Dusty Baker a little credit? Can we give the man credit finally for being a very good manager? Maybe mm-hmm. not a good in-game tactician, but a very good manager. Okay. Walked into that impossible situation in Houston, that impossible, uh, you know, PR situation. Didn't miss a beat. Took him to the World Series last year. Lost Carlos Correa, the leader of that team, and is having a you know a good but not great season out of Altuve. Um, now here they are. They have the best record in the American League. And if you go into a postseason series, you're going to start Verlander, who's yet again a Cy Young contender. Framber Valdez is your two. Urquidy or Garcia and Javier, some combination of that is three and four. Um, they And Lance McCullough Jr. was great the other day, so he could be their three. All of a sudden, they have we know they have the good hitting. They have suddenly the deepest pitching staff. I, I think the Astros are heads and shoulders the best team in the American League right now. Yeah, and when you compare it to the other side, it's not like they don't know Garrett Cole either when it comes to pitching. Like, they have that man in their building for a long time, so they know him. And they also acquired Christian Vasquez, one of the smartest, you know, um, guys right. to have behind the plate, who's also been the American League East, you know, seeing the Yankees, you know, 19 times a year. So they've built this team basically to take down the New York Yankees. This is the, the team to take down Darth Vader. And the Astros have basically become the new Darth Vader because they're in the championship series basically every year since 2017. You know about their scandal as well so everyone hates the Astros already but I don't think there's still a team that gets hated more than the, U- than the New York Yankees and considering the way the Astros are built they're the perfect team to take down the Yankees their rotation is nasty Jordan Alvarez I mean if Judge wasn't having the season he was and Jordan Alvarez didn't miss the time he did he might be the MVP of the season as well because he's been so good this year I mean Jose Altuve is still nasty so up and down the Astros lineup is still going to be deep as hell and I'm very excited for that American League postseason because I know you want to talk about the Guardians and stuff but I'm still excited about some other teams in the American League that I think could take down the Yankees if they ever fought them in a postseason matchup well I'm telling you something if the Yankees don't win the pennant this year I can't help but wonder if Boone will survive, mm. just because I mean, at the, at some point, you know, the Yankees may have to do a job search and try to find the right person for it. And you know what? As you gear up and try to find the job search for your company, you may need to find the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You know what? I've been recently hired and had to throw my name out there and throw myself out there. And guess what? You join something like LinkedIn jobs. I got hired very quickly because the right people found me. In fact, I got discovered by someone who found me in a search that wasn't the job I was applying for. And now I got a terrific job. I am the general manager of the Detroit Tigers. You can create free job posts in minutes on LinkedIn job to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job with purple H hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. 
to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that nearly every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's go back to that magical date. Okay. That magical date of July 8, 2022. Now, since then, the Dodgers won 25 out of 30 games. I think they're going to be okay. I think they're the, the, the I think they're going to win the division. What do you think? You think they're going to win the division? Yeah, they're probably going to win it, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you can go to bet online and put a bet down on that. Uh, by the way, the Mets have won 23 out of 31 games. They're mm. putting the aft thrusters on. The Braves have won uh, 20 out of their next 31 games. So this is a month sample size we're talking about. And some of the teams that already were in position to win uh, – have uh, put themselves in a good position. But you go back on July 8th, the Cleveland Guardians were one game under 500. The Baltimore Orioles were three games under 500. Since that date, those two teams have the, uh, the Orioles and the Guardians have the best records in the American League since then. Okay. Uh, Cleveland's won 21 out of their next 32 games. Baltimore's won 19 out of their next 29 games. So you have these two unlikely teams. Baltimore's, of course, insanely unlikely. Um, I think, and you know what? I I know it's really hard to make acquisitions right now, especially with the the trade deadline uh, passed. But there's, uh, there's two players that if there's some way, just some way, the Orioles can acquire Trey Mancini from mm. the Astros. He would be a great fit in Baltimore. And I think they need one more reliever. And if they could somehow manage to pry loose Jorge Lopez from the Twins, those would be just two huge pickups. I'm going to say that every day for the rest of the year because the fact that they sold while contending, yes, they got a mess of pitchers. They got five young pitchers that they put into their staff, who knows? That could be the next, uh, you know, Jim Palmer or Mike Mussina. I don't know, but they needed those two players to contend now. I digress. The Cleveland Guardians have done everything right since that day. They've pitched well. They've hit well. Their pitching is firing on just unbelievable cylinders. We saw Justin uh, Justin Bieber, Jesus Christ. i'm sorry i'm a believer what do you want from me uh you saw shane bieber pitch brilliantly on sunday uh tristan mckenzie has had some great games recently you saw Mm -hmm. cal quantrill has pitched great classe is a fantastic reliever to close games out um you know they have some depth in their bullpen and they're starting to hit you know they're i mean Rosario has got some big hits. Andres Jimenez has got big hits for them. Jose Ramirez, all right, he's no longer on that MVP peak that he was on earlier, but he's still a huge, I mean, he's, he's still a big-time run producer. And Stephen Kwan, who everyone kind of, you know, t- 
dismissed his great start as kind of a your main Mercedes fluke has, you know, he's has a decent batting average and an OPS that's approaching 800. This team can hit with that great pitching. This is exactly the kind I know. I know you say the Mariners are a bigger threat. I, I maybe I'll just scream from the mountaintops, but I keep seeing, geez, this team could pitch and hit, and all they'd have to do is win one game on the road in a division series, and they'd get the other team on the ropes. I'm sorry, I think of them as a threat. You know what, Sully? After looking at the numbers again, you know, running it through my metric system over here one more time, I'm gonna I'm gonna concede a little bit on the Guardians. After looking at the numbers, I was like, you know what? This rotation's looking pretty nasty. They got three legit frontline starters that are performing pretty well. Class is one of the best bullpen guys in the league, and you just look up and down their lineup; they're really getting. Um, they're getting really good production from a whole bunch of guys outside of Jose Ramirez, like the Jimenez's, like you mentioned, the Nailers, the Quans. Like they actually have a bunch of dudes with like a 750 to like 850 OPS. So if I had to pick a team, because I've really disrespected the American League Central over the last basically since the start of the season. I still don't love the Central, but if I did have to pick a team, I think it would be the Guardians because I just don't believe in the Twins at all. I don't like the makeup of their no. town or their rotation or their lineup, so I'm out on the Twins. The White Sox, I think, have just dealt with too many injuries. The Tony La Russa thing has been weird. I just don't like the vibe around the team, and basically I've picked them to be my dark horse at the AL the last two years, and they've burned me both, so I'm out on the on the White Sox as well. So I think the Guardians, if I had to pick a dark horse team out this division, it would be them, and I'm, I will put them on the same level as the Mariners when I'm looking at dark horse teams of the American League because like you said I think you make a great case I think this Guardians team is kind of deep like they might not have a ton of star power outside of like Jose Ramirez but they got just a lot of dudes like Shane Bieber is a star but they just have a lot of just solid major leaguers a lot of dudes so I do like that team up and down um actually a lot the more I look at it I <clears throat> and I don't know if they could take down the team like the Yankees, but they did get in a postseason matchup. Like I kind of like that rotation of the Guardians better than the Yankees with how they're performing in the second half. Yeah. I mean, the Mariners, one of the things that could happen with the Mariners, if they get into a short series, um, you know, first of all, they, these are teams that have to get past that wild card round. Um, and of, of course that you, that would probably you, something we have to remember is that the wild card round is probably going to burn a team's one and two pitchers. Mm -hmm. And so you're probably going to get face their, unless they play one of them on short rest, you're probably going to get their number three or four to start game one of the division series. Uh, but you know, Luis Castillo and Robbie Ray are going to be pitching for Seattle. If they make it into the, that, that uh, wild card round, and if they get into the uh, division series, but um, look at Ray, obviously Cy Young award winner last year, some games this year, he looks like a Cy Young Award winner. This sometimes he looks like me. Mm -hmm. So he's a, he's had an up and down season, but uh, I you know what the way it's just the way the Guardians have been winning, and the way that you know they're not going to blow a late lead. And I, I just they, I, I made this point last week, and I say it again. This is the year I think that there will be a wackadoodle representative from the American league. I would think that the Mets or the Dodgers are, have to be beaten to, you know, that they're the teams to beat. Um, the Astros are slowly becoming that, but remember last year, the Rays looked like they were heads and shoulders better than anybody. They were the only hundred win team in the American league. And they beat the tar out of the Red Sox in game one and took a big early lead in game two. And it looked like, you know, Red Sox fans were saying, well, at least they won the wild card game against the Yankees. And, mm -hmm. 
uh, I just, you know, a team like the Rays can be taken down. And I think a team like the Astros can be taken down. Certainly a team like the Yankees can be taken down. So uh, it's just, uh, it's going to be, I mean, what- I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer in not just Justin Bieber, but in Shane. Okay, there you go. Well, I'll say this. Pretty much after the Houston Astros, I think the Guardians could probably be any team in the American League, including the New York Yankees, because I don't really look at any team like a powerhouse like that. Because even when the Yankees were rolling, like even like I didn't love the Yankees team, even though they were rolling, like they were undeniable at that point because of how much they're winning and the margins they're winning by. But when I actually looked at their team on paper, like I didn't love that rotation. Like they were getting career guy, uh, career seasons out of guys like Nestor Cortez, Jordan Montgomery, and I like Cortez but I wasn't like a big Montgomery guy. Their lineup after Judge, like it, it wasn't super strong after like Judge and Stan. Guys like Donaldson wasn't really performing at a high level. So I feel like this Yankees remember, team, like they're and Gallo was a hole. Gallo was a yeah. hole in their lineup for a big chunk. But yeah, keep yeah, going, so keep I th- going. yeah, so I think we're actually seeing like natural regression with the Yankees as to why they're coming back to the pack. And I t- look like uh, I look at a team like the Guardians, like on paper, like they they just might be straight up better than the New York Yankees. The Yankees as a team were playing better, but individual talent wise, the Guardians might be better. So once we get to the postseason, the individual talent might overcome that team aspect, and the Guardians might actually be a team that rises with the amount of talent that they have once they get to the postseason. So I don't mind them at all because when I look at the American League as a whole, basically any team outside the Houston Astros, the Guardians, I think, could take out. And that includes the Yankees in that. I'm going to throw one last thing about the wild card round. I know it's we got about a month and a half of regular season baseball left before we get to that wild card round. But here's something I would do uh, in terms of how to televise it. And hear me out. Okay. Have them all. I don't even know. They may, they may actually be doing this. And I hope they do. Because you'll have two wild card series in the American League. And two in the next. So that's four series going on before we have the division series. Okay. Have all four games on at the same time. Hmm. Have them start the same time and have access to all the games. On, like have one of them, the, the, the local team, whatever is broadcast locally, but have your access to all the games on your subscription. In fact, do a thing. Say, like, if you want to watch all the games on your device, buy a subscription to next year's MLB package. You could do something to rope people in, but have the games not staggered. So you have one team playing at one in the afternoon and one team playing at 10 o'clock at night, have them all playing at the same time. Cause imagine the excitement of those games all happening. Every one of them at prime time. And you know, the local fans mainly care about the local games. You and I, we were the, we're the banana boat, crazy baseball fans. We want to see all the series. Most people just care about their team. But we're like, oh, we want to see this. Well, buy the package. We're going to buy the package anyway. And so you get to, we get the option to watch the games that we want and have a, have a four square screen showing all of them at the same time. If we want to go truly, you know, truly off the ledge. But having them, like, if you're watching the one team, so, oh, we're going to cut back to see what's happening as the Twins are taking on the Orioles or whatever is happening. Have it all happen at prime time, at the same time, and have the intelligence to give the access to the fans who want it. That's yeah, my, I think that's. that's no, I was going to say, I, I think I would need the four box thing or like a red zone type thing where we're cutting back and forth during uh, when games are, um, you know, when there's a crazy highlight. Because I Wouldn't think be the, the down. 
Yeah, but I think the downside would be knowing baseball, half of those games would probably be blacked out on some channels. So knowing that baseball, would probably... <laughs> stop blackouts altogether. <laughs> That's the issue. You just know if they played four games at once, you wouldn't well, be able that, but, to watch one of them. But but you're buying you're you're buying you're saying take my money. <laughs> I'm bringing that into it. You if they will make more money by saying okay, you can watch them all simultaneously or watch just watch your team. Um, and then you do all your nonsense for the broadcast if you don't do it, okay? If you if you just want to watch your local team, like if you're like if you're in uh, you know if you're in Minneapolis and you only care about the Twins, I just picked a team that I actually don't think is going to make it. If you're in you know, but like whichever, you know, if you're in Atlanta, you only care about the Braves, then you'll watch the Braves series and see the highlights. Mm-hmm. But if you're a fan of wants to see everything. There's your option. Say, well, it's all about money. I'm giving you money. You are making money. Yeah, I'm pro the idea. I think if any sport needed like a red zone type thing, I mean, it's baseball more than other because we literally have, you know, 10 games a day every single day. And if there was a one central location, because like MLB tonight does it sort of kind of, but if you had just one channel dedicated to watching all the games at one time, if there was any sport that ever needed that, it would be baseball. We have all the games playing every single day. So Sully, why are you not, you know, in the commissioner's office making these kind of decisions? Let's let's get a campaign going. Sully commissioner. Sully hashtag Sully. (laughs) Hashtag Sully Commissioner. I want that. I want that to. I want that to be trending. But yeah, I don't want I, things... well, yeah. I need to ask you, Sully, because if you want to start campaigns, like you just say, you need a hashtag. Because when you're reading your LinkedIn frame, your LinkedIn ad, I know you said like H hiring frame. I was like, uh, I think that's a hashtag. I, I, I was reading the copy fast. <laughs> yeah, that had I was reading the copy. Yeah, I know. I know. I reels after I said it. So I was. I was trying to tiptoe through the the wet paint. <laughs> yeah. I was like, H hiring right, well, frame. I, I I can't like, get, how do you stop it? You know what I meant. You all yeah. know what I meant. Just go, just go to LinkedIn slash Lockdown MLB. Okay. Well, guess what? Uh, yeah, you've called me out on not reading the copy properly, but I'm going to call you out to let people know where they can find you. Oh, well, you can follow me on my personal Twitter account, of course, at CreatorThomas24. My name is Miller Thomas. If you guys didn't already know, that's right there on the YouTube video because, of course, you guys are also subscribed to Lockdown Dimebacks on YouTube. And, of course, on all the podcasting platforms, you can also find the show. And you can find me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at uh, Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. That's the official show handle. And my personal one is right there on my lower third right there. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Being nostalgic for July 8th, 2022, a very different time in baseball than August 15th, 2022. A little more than a month, and a lot of things in baseball have been different. One thing's the same. I'll be doing this every week with Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks. I'm your pal Sully. Let's fist bump and call it a good show. Thanks a lot, buddy. See you next week.